0: Well, howdy, y'all. This episode of SOS Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Cosmetic. Cosmetic CBD-infused skincare products help ease aches, pains, inflammation, and arthritis by using their proprietary CBD formulas. Cosmetic's hemp pan cream is infused with their patented CBD formula, which naturally fights inflammation in achy muscles and joints. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is infused with 400 milligrams of their proprietary CBD solution. And you can get 20% off of your entire cosmetic order by going to CosMedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com. Use the promo code SOS20. That's sos two zero. Get 20% off of your entire order. You got it? Be kind to your skin with cosmetic Hemp Pain Cream. All right. Podcast time. Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. I am glad you are here. You're here on a good day. Gotta tell you. I have Kristen Majney on the show today. Now, Kristen and I have known each other for a while. And at this point in my career, Kristen is, you know, probably one of my most trusted production partners. She's One of the good ones, man, uh, that that doesn't seem to come along very often. She's one of those people who you just want next to you when you're you're going in there, when you're going into battle. Kristen has uh, produced hundreds of television commercials, as well as a couple of dozen digital series for Travel Channel, HGTV, DIY Network, Food Network, Animal Planet, a bunch of other ones. She's produced a couple of broadcast television series as well. And uh, she's the queen bee over at Pop Fizz Productions. She's the head of production over there, and uh, she's also about to be a mama. Also, the, uh, the mouse from last week's episode with uh, Justin Cipriani. I have not seen the mouse again. After the podcast, when it ran across the floor behind me, uh, I, I texted my man, Alan, over at uh, Arrow Exterminators. He was over here the next day, and uh, the mouse has not been back I'm uh, imagining that the mouse is on a beach in a hammock, drinking a tiny pina colada, eating a bunch of cheese, but wherever he is, he is not here. And uh, also regarding the, uh, the Rubik's Cube from the uh, YouTube episodes of the podcast, uh, the Rubik's Cube is solved. It has been solved, and we continue to scramble it and solve it over and over here in the shop for some weird compulsive reason that we cannot yet explain, but we sure are having fun doing it. You guys want to get to it? Let's do it. Here's my conversation with the boss. Okay, Majesty, Kristen Magney.
1: We're doing the Popcast.
0: So it's good to, I don't know, it's good to finally sit down in this kind of setting and talk to you. But how are you feeling?
1: Good. (laughs) And that might uh, seem crazy for other people. Everyone's going to say good, but uh, I'm actually halfway through pregnancy right now. Awesome. Um, But I was never sick, you know, really. And um, I've had really bad insomnia, Mm. which has been awful.
0: That's the one where you can't sleep, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So I just don't sleep all day and then also don't sleep at night. You know, (laughs) perfect. And then restless leg syndrome. Really? Yeah, it's just like I'm running. All the time.
0: at When you're sleeping or when you're awake?
1: When I'm sleeping. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Can so. you feel that? Like what, does it wake you up? Yes. Really?
1: Yeah. So I have some uh, organic magnesium lotion. <laughs> that is the only thing I've found that actually helps. And you, I just like rub it on my legs at night and it, it like calms your muscles. Um, it works. And It works. Really? Like, night and day.
0: I love, I love when I hear that holistic uh, medicine is, is working. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. This
0: is your first baby, right? It is. It is.
1: <laughs> and we're excited. It like, I, I think there's a level of you are excited, but you don't know where that level of excitement is going to get because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Like we have friends. I have kids. You have kids. I'm around them all the time. Yeah. But I think until you can call it your own, in your mind, you can always just, like, turn it off. Mm-hmm. And um, that's eventually not going to be able to be the case. <laughs> and, you know, me and Casey are are super, super excited. And we um, have been married for just about five years. Yeah. And we decided, well, I <sighs> guess we're done, you know, doing whatever we want all the time, <laughs> sleeping in, laying on the couch for hours. <laughs>
0: We've had our fun. Yeah, you guys are going to be awesome parents, and I'm I'm excited. I'm also glad it's a boy, right?
1: Yes, it's a boy. I'm
0: Well, it I, it would have been a really badass girl who knows how to shoot guns, or a boy. So you know, right. with with your husband, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm almost glad that you guys are having a boy, just so he gets that out of his system.
1: I feel like though it's going to be like tear all the time in my house. I mean, probably. You know, Casey. Yeah. I I come home from work, pull in dressed in a suit just came from a client meeting and he's setting off bombs in the backyard yeah. you know that's our dynamic of I, like
0: i can see it now you, you're going to be like you know five years from now you're going to be getting on to your son and casey's going to be like oh come oh, <laughs> mom you never let's have any fun
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> you're it. gonna
0: have two little boys oh, i know it's exciting well i'm I'm really glad, you know, I've been rooting for you for a long time.
1: <laughs> I know everybody, you know, it's finally like, when are you going to have kids? When are you yeah, going to have kids? Yeah. And and that moment's coming. Everyone in the office has been just, you know, you and everybody's so supportive. Um, just because, you know, when you're a family dynamic in a mm-hmm. workspace, you just cheer each other on in all your different aspects of life. Yeah. Um, or tell each other when that you need to get their stuff together too. Yeah. But
0: Yeah. It's funny. It's a production family thing, right?
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it
0: feels like a family around us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I was, I don't know, when I met you, it was probably, I don't know, seven years ago or so. Kristen, little Kristen Eubanks. You're brand new to the business, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you're you're in a production coordinator role. Yeah. But you're brand new. And it's crazy to look back, like to sit here and look at you across the table now and think about the person that was on those those shoots. You've grown into like this total boss that, I mean, you, we joke about you running pop fizz, but you kind of do like you're the glue that holds it all together. And it's like, it's, it's, it's really important. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who look up to you, but what, like, what got you into the business? Did you fall into it or was it like something you've always wanted to do?
1: Oh man, this is a, this is fun kind of looking back. Um, so we got to go back to high school for this one. Really? Yeah, because technically I have been working inside the agency production industry for 10 years already, and I'm only 27 years old. Wow. Um, so senior portfolio, I went to Harden Valley Academy. Okay. And you had to do a senior portfolio project about a company, shadow them, learn about it, and see what you loved. Interestingly enough, mine was set up, ready to go. In the music industry. Really? Yeah. And I just found events and concerts and music Mm. so exciting at the time. Um, Sundown in the city was still downtown Knoxville, and that was like really my first taste at uh, large events, Mm. getting so many people from so many different backgrounds together and enjoying their time together. Because it seems like when music is around, everything else falls away. Yeah. Yeah you know, and, yeah. and, and like, it's every, an escapist. Kind it of thing. is, yeah. it is. Um, and I loved that. So it was with a, it was with a company here in Knoxville, uh, when it came down time for me to start that next week, radio silence
0: that you couldn't hear from, you couldn't track them down, couldn't
1: track them down.
0: And you were supposed to do a high school internship. Type yeah. Two? And,
1: uh, it was, I had to do like a hundred hours. Oh really? Like it was serious. Yeah. You know, I I would go there for a class every single day and mm-hmm. I would be part of that.
0: For a whole semester or something? For a whole semester. Wow.
1: Um, so I was freaking out, honestly. Oh, I'm sure. You know, this was like a large part of my grade at the time. I was one of those straight A mm. lace students, you know.
0: <laughs> Not surprised.
1: Yeah. And I um, just... Did, had no idea what to do.
0: Yeah, you panicked. You you were, you you got ghosted at the last minute.
1: I did, which was so, like, new for me. I had yeah. never, like, uh, been in a situation where I couldn't make it happen. Right. Um, Feel so a little helpless? I did. I at- did. So I went to one of my teachers, and I asked her, and it just so happened she knew Joseph at Design Sensory. Joseph Nother? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who decided to take me on as a high school intern into their agency, and I am so thankful for him to this day of doing that because as I got in and got started working as a high school intern, I didn't have any experience in the agency wor- world like they typically do for college interns or anything like that.
0: Right, you you'd probably you didn't know what an ad agency was probably when you started there.
1: Exactly. And <laughs> as you know, it's very fast paced, so it wasn't an environment where like uh someone wanted to sit down with me every day and teach me what they were doing. So I was doing a lot of research on different companies mm. and like Logos, branding, things like that. So like
0: the ad agency's clients, you were going and looking at them and trying to dig up as much info as you could?
1: Exactly. And comparing them to other like rival companies. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, And being the overachiever that I was at the time, and I would say still am, (laughs) um, I would work late and that way I'd get my work done quicker. So they would have to give me something else to do. Ah.
0: Um, so yeah, you you force them to 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 make you learn yes, new stuff.
1: I did. Um, so finally, the guy I was interning under, um, Josh Loebner, mm. who is their strategist, yeah. and uh, really he is amazing at what he has evolved into because he has uh, d- diversity speeches uh, across the you know United States, really, where he goes to conferences and talks about. Like accessibility uh, stuff, yes, right? accessibility. D- d- Advertising yeah. and diversity, like, yeah. and how that plays into each yeah. other. Um, he basically said, Kristen, I don't have anything else for you to do. How about you just make your way around the office and see what else you can help with? <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I went around the office and I met every single person I possibly could. And um, Kelly Raines, a project manager at the time, yeah. took me under her wing and... I was basically, at that point, I did everything for Kelly um, that she would let me.
0: So you're like her her assistant. Yes. For a few hours a day.
1: Exactly. And I loved it. So I would go do that. Finally, you get to the point where my internship has concluded. Mm. And I'm kind of bummed. Like, I thought I would really like the music industry. And I just fell in love with advertising. Mm. Because there were so many facets that went into it neurologically um
0: yeah it's a psychological game right
1: yeah my my thesis for my senior portfolio was actual neuromarketing what's that it's how different displays and typefaces and colors on displays and posters and you know billboards lead into what like makes your mind think a certain way and feel a certain way right So they're all very meticulously picked to play into uh, what they want you to feel (laughs) and what they want you to buy (laughs) because it evokes an emotion. Um, And I just fell in love with that. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So internships done, was going to go off to college, decided I didn't want to pay that much for four years. So I went to Pellissippi on – a grant and scholarship to get that fully paid for before yeah, community before th- college was free. Right. Yeah. And I'm in there, was going for my undergrad for marketing. And that summer Kelly calls me back up and I was like, Hey, we're wondering if you're interested in working for us.
0: Really? Yeah. So she offered you a job. She did. While you were in college. Yes. Your first semester. My, my
1: first semester of college. Hmm. And, that was, well, the summer before I started college. The
0: summer before. Yes. So you're, you're just finished high school.
1: <laughs> just finished high school. So really that design sensory offer is what kind of flipped my switch to not go to a four-year college hmm. and to stay at Um Of course, I wanted to save money, but like at the end of the day, I felt like the opportunity to be in the industry so early was going to be my advantage. Sure. Um. So I was very excited for that. Loved it. I was a content assistant. So I helped with like building the information architecture of the websites, like the back end. I input content, had to learn minimal code. Nice. Like I was coding stuff. Nice. Um but at the end of the day, even though I loved like the world and who I worked with, I hated what I was doing. Really? I thought it was going to be Something new every day, getting to work with clients and be creative. Um, because at this point, I still fancied myself a creative, right? Um, and it wasn't. I sat at mm. a desk, and I clocked in, and I kind of did the monotonous work. A little yeah,
0: you, bit. you you input stuff. Yeah, you, you moved widgets around. <laughs> I did, I did. Yeah.
1: Um, so that wasn't that wasn't great. At the same time, I was having that revelation with myself. Design Sensory paired with Pop Fizz and founded Pop Fizz with right. Brian Allen.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So that was right at the beginning. So you worked at Design Sensory when Pop Fizz was not a thing
1: yet. Yes. When they were just in the conference room having conversations about it. Wow. Um, and I was sitting at the front desk, greeting everybody, typing away. Uh, <laughs> I really loved fashion back then.
0: Ah. And
1: so the joke was like, Kristen's in a new outfit every single day. We don't know what she's going to... Be wearing when we walk in, um, whether it was jewelry, you know, a dress yeah. or shoes or something like that. And that's how I got to know Brian. Really? That was our kicking off point because he was like, I don't think I've ever seen you in the same thing twice. Yeah. And that was my like, oh, man, this guy that I've been wanting to talk to knows who I am. We and have a thing. We have a thing. Yeah. I'm feeling it. I don't yeah. know if he's feeling it. Yeah. And I just like inserted myself into pop fizz so i would go to school from about 7 a.m to noon i'd get off i would work at design sensory from 12 30 to 5 then i would go and i would at this point i was managing a restaurant too oh
0: yeah, yeah i forgot
1: and i would go and work at the restaurant from 5, you know, I'd have a little gap from getting from 5 to 5, but from 5 to around like 10.30 to 11 at night, I'd do my homework probably till about 1, one thirty in the morning. I'd go to sleep and do it all again.
0: Wow. Yeah. That doesn't leave a lot of time for sleep or fun or anything. It,
1: it It didn't.
0: So school, one job, straight into another job, homework.
1: Yep. And that was it nap didn't really have a social life um that was that was put on the wayside um because i I think i just had a people call me an old soul Mm -hmm. i think i just was so determined to like get to be where i wanted
0: I, I feel you. you. You you were you were tired of transitioning into what you wanted to be. You just yeah. wanted to get there. I just wanted to
1: get there. Yeah, exactly. So that, that I was putting all my effort towards that. Yeah, Um, because, I, you know, my boyfriend at the time and all my friends had went off to college. Mm. They all didn't really stay around here. So my friend group that I had in high school kind of bust apart.
0: Yeah, that's, that's probably a blessing a little bit. It
1: was. At the time, it was. Yes. Um, and that way I could just focus on being a, a professional. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, so it, it was amazing. And I had so much fun. I learned so much at Design Sensory and built so many relationships that then propelled me into going after, like, production. So when Brian started Pop fizz with Joseph and Brandon, um, his first hire was Brent Collier. Mm-hmm. And they instantly got jobs that I was working on for websites.
0: Ah, so you were familiar with the project already. I was already. familiar with the projects. Interesting.
1: So I would then insert myself on those projects and ask them, like, do you need any help planning it? Gotcha. Do you need any help with, you know... Do you, you want some information or background about this?
0: And I'm sure, as a startup, I can only imagine PopFizz at the time being just Brian, uh, Alan, and Brent Collier. That they were they were probably going a hundred miles an hour, looking for all the help they can get. Absolutely. And to have somebody that uh, was familiar with the work that they didn't have to onboard. They probably didn't have time to teach anybody anything. Yeah. They probably just needed the help. And the fact that you were uh, the fact that you were boned up on the client, you know. Probably was great for them. I can only imagine.
1: I I can only assume too, because the assets that they were creating were then going into what me and the rest of the content team were building. Mm. Um, So it was a very like familiar process with like we need a banner for this page. We need a photo categorizing the outdoors and the Smokies for this page. It got very specific, right? Mm -hmm. And and originally it kind of started as photo. Because Brian Allen comes from a photo background. Right. Um, and April Borardi, who owns Born This Way Body Arts. Yeah. Uh worked for him at mm. the time doing that. Kind
0: of a freelance assistant or a freelance retoucher or something like Honestly, that? Honestly,
1: I can't remember if she worked full time for Pop Fizz for a while. I think she did. Oh, really? At the very early stages. Um
0: before she started the uh Born This Way?
1: Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. I, and I think Born This Way was Just like in its beginning years at that time.
0: Um,
1: And then they needed more video assets. Mm -hmm. And that's why Brant came along.
0: Yeah. And that was right around the time of the 5D, uh, Canon 5D. So all Brian's still cameras shot video also now that was really good. So Mm -hmm. it was like video almost kind of became an add on to a lot of projects um, at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Oh, you're shooting stills. Just flip it over to video mode and get it. And then if you've got a talented dude like Brent Collier, who can take it into the edit bay and make something super creative out of it. But that's a, that's a pretty good way to, I, I don't want to say upsell, but like plus the experience for your clients at that time, oh, for yeah. a relatively low impact.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And they, they were killing it were they? as the best way I could say, like, I mean, they were shooting all the time, all week into the weekends Um, Like you would think of in a startup. You know, you got to get out there and be a workhorse to make sure it's going to get off the ground. Um, So through this transition and helping with more projects, I would again work on my Design Sensory stuff super fast so I could insert myself into the Pop Fizz world. Really? Um, But you had a
0: job at Design Sensory at this point. Yes. And you were just kind of now off the clock interning for Pop Fizz?
1: Exactly. (laughs) In all my spare time. Yeah, in all your spare time. (laughs) And (laughs) that is just where I fell in love.
0: Really? That's that's where you got the production bug?
1: That is. Exactly. Because it was something new every day and I wasn't sitting at a desk. mm
0: -hmm. I I think... I think most everybody that works in production can look back at a moment or an era Mm -hmm. where they got bitten by the production bug and that's what got them in there. And, and, and then it's, it, it doesn't leave. No, it's the gift that keeps giving. It
1: doesn't. I mean, and you, I didn't think I would have the same want and desire and zealous and attitude toward it all these years down the road. Like thinking back on who I was then, Mm -hmm. um, but man I still get up every day just like so excited to go into the office and yeah. like create um and through through that I came to finish my two two years at Mississippi and I was going to go on to UT and <laughs> me and Brian went out to lunch and he offered me a full-time job
0: at Pop Fizz at Pop Fizz I am sure he'd had a, a a conversation with your design sensory counter or your design sensory boss and was like, "Hey, can I can I just have her?" <laughs> right? She's doing great. And she I really t- likes it. I
1: talked to Joseph and, you did. and I, you know, cuz I told him I was like, "This isn't where my heart's at anymore." Right. Um and I know that you have invested interest in Pop Fizz mm-hmm. and that's where I would really like to transition to. Mm. Um and they were both very supportive of that. My parents were supportive as well, but, really? um, <laughs> of me pursuing that career, but not necessarily dropping out of college. Yeah.
0: You. Yeah. Well, so like if, like go off on a little side deal real quick, like you're the, you've got two other sisters, right? Yes. So you're the oldest of, of three kids. Three kids yeah. Is that, are you like, like the oldest, oldest, like, like you fit every stereotype? of the birth. order. Yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs) Like I am your poster child, first child, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I can't, I can't even think of it any different way. Um,
0: (laughs) so I, I'm sure with your parents being the the first one, that's probably, you know, you want to be supportive of your kid, but you you, you, you also want them to, to not make you know, hasty decisions as an 18 year old that, Mm -hmm. that, that they may think better of later. Like what, what were your parents like? Are they, um, did did they, did they do the college thing? Did they come from like a academic world or what's their
1: deal? Uh, They didn't. And I think that's why uh, we had such a, we had a very good relationship growing up. Mm -hmm. And then there was this little like riff that happened And I think because I would have been the first person to go to college, get that degree, and in everybody's mind at that time, having a degree is what would make you successful. Right. Um, And I had been taught that my whole life. That's how I grew up. That's what all my counselors and my parents had said. But for some reason in my heart, that's not how I gauged success. Mm. Um, And so having opportunities and connections – is historically what had gotten me to move further in life. Um, and so I didn't think that going to college was a necessity. It was more like, you know, if I wanted to be a doctor, absolutely. but Very I, important. Very important. <laughs> Don't want somebody operating on me that doesn't have that degree. <laughs> but for what I was doing, I was getting so much in the field experience and learning so fast that you couldn't teach that in a classroom, right? Um, but no, my dad is a maintenance guy. Uh, he works um, on big machines and companies. He worked at DH Compounding, Poly One. He's at Rubbermaid now.
0: So big, big companies yeah. like that have huge facilities.
1: Absolutely. He's a
0: he's a fix it guy. Fix anything.
1: My dad could fix anything he yeah. rebuilt motors and our cars from the ground up yeah. you know all that kind of stuff yeah and my mom um used to live in wisconsin came through on a trip with her girlfriends met my dad loved it in tennessee moved back here and made horse trailers and campers really for a very long time
0: so so your mom comes through through tennessee were they on their way to the beach i assume yes, or something? They were were they <laughs> yeah and she meets this did she meet your dad
1: yeah, I, the, the way I understand it is that they met during that time.
0: And then so did they like did they keep in touch when she went back to Wisconsin and then she just this man was so sweet. Exactly. She had to come back. <laughs> had
1: to come back. That's and, darling. and I don't think it was that um my dad was so sweet um <laughs> because he is a man of few words. Yeah. Um like when he proposed to her <laughs> He set the ring on their coffee table, yeah. in her coffee table, because yeah. they didn't live together before right. they got married. Of course married, not. Right? Yeah. Um, set the ring on her coffee table, went outside. She found it. He came back in, and it was like, oh, so we're going to get married? <laughs> there was no conversation around it or anything. So
0: his proposal was, well? <laughs> like,
1: What's your answer? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great. But she obviously saw something in the guy, loved him. I mean, she went, you know, went all the way to the beach, probably thought about him the whole time right? she was down there with her friends, mm-hmm. went back up, and they were probably on the phone writing letters, <laughs> all that cute stuff.
1: Yeah, on your, uh, you know, had to get time at his mom's house at the time because you had your phone attached to the wall. Yeah. Couldn't be on the internet at the same time. I had to take shifts on who got to talk at what time. Oh, when
0: you when you were a kid? Uh,
1: well, at yeah, when I was growing up, at yeah. the, it was still. But like now, that. yeah,
0: it's the phone. It's the phone. You know, back in their yeah. day, you had to you had to reserve that thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I was in the transition <laughs> period. I still remember having to reserve the phone at our house, or really? like knowing that sound when like one of my sisters would click in on one of my private conversations.
0: Oh yeah, right? or the dial up internet. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so I'm like I'm like right on the cusp of remembering all that and then I got a cell phone I think in 8th grade. Mm. Um and it was one where <laughs> You had to pay per text message.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that. So, ten cents a
1: text or something? Yes. For ingoing and outgoing. Bummer. <laughs> right. a racket. So at the end of every message, don't text me back. Otherwise, I ah. can charge the ten cents for the incoming message.
0: Gosh, you've always been a producer, haven't you? <laughs> have. You've always had your <laughs> finger on the budget.
1: Oh, uh, and then my mom... Um, went into the school and worked at the elementary school that we all went through hard oh. valley elementary oh she's, awesome she's still there now really yeah
0: she got to watch all her all her girls go through
1: mm-hmm. i think that's what she that's you know what she wanted
0: yeah and your your parents are both still working and
1: yep doing yeah. it
0: good and then so your sisters are, are both younger than you you guys still keep in touch
1: we do pretty. uh man growing up we were thick as thieves really and i think over time our personalities evolved into such different tr- like core traits mm-hmm. that we're not as close as we used to be um but if one of them called me right now and needed me i'd leave the podcast and you know yeah. go, go get them yeah, yeah yeah um that's that's our level of yeah. How close we are, but we just don't talk as much as we used
0: yeah, to. Yeah, I get it. Me and my brother are a little bit the same way. Like, I love the dude yeah. so much. We're we're a lot different, mm-hmm. you know, but still, number one, you know, number one guy, it, if he needed anything ever, be there for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cheerleading them on, supporting them, and sure. just not seeing them and hanging out as much sure. as we used to.
0: So how did you, how did you get into... I mean the, the the role you're in now, and, and because it seems like when Pop, when you kind of got in with 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 Pop Fizz that you kind of you kind of could have made your own way. You could have been a camera operator if you wanted. You could have been a still photographer. But there's obviously some kind of slow burn that took you from from being this kind of helper. I'll help you with whatever you need to being the um uh, uh what what's your role? The supervising. What, what do you head of
1: production? Head of production. Yeah operations really yeah you it's know? really an
0: operations role um
1: that's a great question i i have never thought of it that way until you just now said it um and i did dip my toe into other other roles mm-hmm. inside that so one of our very first shows that we got which is a main reason of why i got hired um is called tennessee uncharted mm-hmm. and it was with the twra at the time And since we were such a small crew, we kind of had to wear all sorts of hats. Yeah. And I would learn something 30 minutes before we were supposed to do our interview (laughs) (laughs) and and need to help with it. Um, And when I was doing that, I was a PA. I was trekking all of our gear through the woods.
0: Everybody was doing everything.
1: Yeah, everything. Um, But there were a couple times in our second and third season that... I was the one who was running audio exclusively. Audio? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was holding the boom, running yeah. audio on my pack. And you can only imagine. I mean, I was probably 110 pounds when I started, like my arms just shaking back I and forth. I can see it
0: now pigtails, <laughs> visor, shorts, hiking boots, tank top, 100%. boom pole. I got
1: it. <laughs> and, um, I also operated a camera for a couple episodes. Um, and as much as I loved doing different things and learning that at some point, I just realized that I wasn't a creative. Really? Yeah.
0: But, but that's why you left the design sensory internship is because you wanted a creative job, right?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and i love being surrounded by creatives is what i found out because they feed into that energy that i want mm-hmm. to be around and be involved with but uh, i'm a logistics person yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, know. I can
0: see it you're so creative adjacent though like you are really really borderlining on it I yeah. think you might be like a closet creative oh
1: a closet creative <laughs> that that's that's the new one <laughs> k majesty the closet creative.
0: <laughs> I dig it uh, so so when was it is an easy transition when you're like yeah this this camera stuff is cool this is Did you see like a deficiency almost like, well, what we really need here is more planning or what we really need here is, is more organization or something else I can help with.
1: That was exactly it. Really? Um, Because (laughs) I think at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know anything about audio. Why in the world am I the one running the boom pole right now?
0: (laughs) I should be, I should be out there hiring somebody (laughs) who knows what the hell they're doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So in my mind, I wanted to take the production And making it as efficient as possible, hire the right people for the right job, that even if you wore multiple hats, you, you know, specialized in two or three things. And you
0: knew what those hats were more than 30 minutes before you had to put them on. Yes,
1: that's exactly it. Um, And that is where I I fell in love with it because I was finding inefficiencies that I felt like I could help with, but I wasn't necessarily like in that role to do that. Um, So then... Transitioning into being an associate producer to a producer was what I had my eyes after. Once, gotcha. Once I kind of figured that out, in my mind.
0: so you had a new goal. Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. So that that show you're talking about, Tennessee Uncharted, was the one with uh, with that Eric Baker hosted. Yes. And TWRA was it was always branded branded content, right? Ten- Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency is the game warden, right? Yes. And the reason they wanted to do that show was to highlight or participate in that show was to highlight all the awesome stuff we have to do throughout the state. Yep. And the whole area, the, the what the hook and bullet crowd.
1: That's exactly it. The you know,
0: fishermen and in the, in the, yep. the hunters. And it was
1: trying to bridge that gap between your traditional hook and bullet and your people who were sitting on the couch. Mm. So we had a really wide viewer audience yeah, um, and needed to touch a couple different key points to either motivate people to get outside because at the end of the day, it was to increase sales of like fishing licenses and, right. and high impact. Yeah. Licenses.
0: That's, that's where the rubber meets the road, I guess, for them. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. Revenue.
1: Yes. And that's what we were doing, but uh, it's really hard in one episode to talk to both of those people. Yep. Um, and that was our goal to get a variety of segments within one episode that mm-hmm. hopefully spoke to any person. Well, the,
0: the interesting part about it is you got a, uh, a personality like Eric Baker that is very engaging, easy, just a magnetic personality, you know, a little bit of a goofball when he wants to be, but also a very serious person, mm-hmm. but also very much a novice in all this. So he more uh, looks like the guy sitting on the couch watching, you know, that's watching this show. Yeah. And I could see how that would gravitate people toward it to – um to, to To help them achieve their goal, which is make this accessible and make this uh, something that 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 the guy on the couch is going to go do, you know, learn how to hunt, learn how to and that's fly why fish. he was
1: casted, yeah, uh, because he did come from the novice perspective, and there were many hosts who applied that were experts mm-hmm. in the outdoors entertaining, um, but at the end of the day, they felt like someone who would be more real and relatable to events would draw people into the outdoors more.
0: Mm. I hadn't thought about this until we are just sitting here talking about it. That shows what got me into fly fishing.
1: Really? Yes.
0: And that's like a big part of what <laughs> like a big that's like my only hobby now other than being I, a parent. I'm
1: literally staring at where you make flies yeah. on your uh desk right there. Yeah, I got the vice. The of, shop. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know. And and but it was filming an episode of that show. And it was going out and it was it was filming Eric Baker in a drift boat on the Hiawassee catching a a ton of fish and having the time of his life. And I was like, man, he did not know how to fly fish this morning. And he is having a blast and killing it. And this is what I want to do every day for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. I hope we got that across to, you know, to people out there. I
1: still have people come and talk to me. That man! I really wish that show. Mm-hmm. I miss that show. I wish it was airing it still.
0: Yeah, I I was surprised at the reach that that show had too. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I would when I would talk about Eric Baker in particular to to people that I would meet or whatever, it, and you know, I hope he doesn't take offense to this, but a lot of times he was the host of that show to them before he was a you know nationally touring musician, which is how you know ninety five percent of people know him. But people around here
1: know him as the show host as
0: the show host yeah which is which is i mean that that just shows you the impact that it had did you get to get creative on that show at all or was it was it still as far as like storytelling coming up with the story coming up with the segments and all that or was that past or was that past the moment where you decided that <laughs> you didn't want to um, be a creative type anymore
1: as we got into later seasons uh, we all would sit down in a war room together and creatively concept episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, Taylor Walters, mm-hmm. uh, who worked for Pop Fizz, then Desenso- Design Sensory, now she's at Tombris, mm-hmm. was the showrunner for for
0: Tennessee, Tennessee Uncharted. Uncharted mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And she would kind of come up with the like what each episode for TWRA needed to hit. Uh-huh. Um, and then everybody in the room, you know, and including me at that time, I was still a production assistant. And I got to say at the table of what I felt like creatively would read well to other people in the episode. Yeah. All the way from the showrunner host and our executive producers and camera operators.
0: That's brilliant. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: I, to me, like old school production, that's never how it worked. Never. The PA's opinion you know, never mattered. And I can't believe you would even say that, mm-hmm. you know? But I think that's kind of the magic that 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 you guys captured and created when you were building the company is that everybody had one vote at the table. It didn't yeah. matter what you were. It didn't matter if you own the company, if you're the showrunner, if you're a production assistant, your opinion mattered. Mm-hmm. And I've also noticed that that's like, I don't know, That's that's also, you've carried that along in your careers. I work with you and I see that there's, there's, There's a moment for me where I'm like, man, I should really say, I I should really say how I'm feeling right now. This, this, this feels like it it doesn't work to our client, but it's not my place. And I think that I've seen you before say say things uh, that in the past I would have, I would have felt like I was out of place saying, but you say them, you present them and they come off as as being helpful. Like she's, Oh, she's, she's Right she's help. she's helping us here. She's helping us, um, she's helping us, you know, make our, make our stuff better. Where in legacy kind of, uh, you know, legacy kind of approaches to film and client work and stuff like that. Somebody would usually never, you know, never speak up, mm-hmm. but I see you do it a lot. And I'm like, man, she's making this better just, just by, just by not biting her tongue. <laughs> Cause there's so many meetings that I sit in and I'm like, I should really say something. But then I see, I see that you 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 have a way of like, you have a way of injecting expertise and also perspective um, that is, I don't know that that that's that's helpful. But it also it doesn't seem like you're trying to wrestle control or anything away. You're just trying to help somebody make the best best thing they can.
1: You're gonna make me a little emotional saying that one because. That's been a long road for me that I've tried to work on. Really? Yeah. Um, because... What
0: part of that has been hard?
1: In the beginning, I was, even though I was given a seat at the table, I was very young. mm so, um So even though I had ideas and wanted to do things like a certain way or find efficiency and wanted to collaborate with the group, I wasn't always taken seriously.
0: mm because of because of your age,
1: because of my age, mm. and uh, so my role really had nothing to do with it. It was because I was so young, and everybody else was significantly older than me. Um, and honestly, Brian Allen, and the way he runs Pop Viz has been my stepping stone to like not let that part affect me and to move forward and like own what I believe is worthy to speak up for. Um, Because going through that and being treated a certain way really made me realize who I wanted to be. And that meant age, role, whatever that was, I wanted everyone to have a seat at the table. Mm. And so I have taken that And seeing the old school ways of production and how certain old school individuals have treated me in the past. And sometimes, well, all the time, I think that your bad experiences are what mold you into who you are most. Um, And starting out, it really sounds great, but I had a lot of bad experiences.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm trying to picture a time of of you being afraid to use your voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? It was.
1: I was. I, I was. I was kind of pushed down into this box, mm. and I was afraid to to use my voice and speak up. Um, and over time, I think that just happened to me for so long, and I realized and finally like found out who I wanted to be. And I don't have a moment where that switch flipped that I can account to.
0: It's just gradual.
1: It was just a gradual, and then suddenly I, you know, I think it was really, I was like, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know this is the industry I want to be in, and I want to be taken seriously. Yeah. You know, my age shouldn't have anything to do with that. It should be about how hard I work, what I bring to the table, and how much I want to collectively succeed as a team.
0: It. It makes great sense to hear you say it, and and I look at you and I look at what you do now, and where you're at, and I'd forgotten all all about that because I, I because I, I'm I'm thinking Kristen of the last couple of years, and you just come off as as a person who um, is just kind of almost a consummate leader, and somebody who just knows how to knows how to lead, knows how to get people glued together that. I forget there was a time when when you weren't that or you were scared to speak up or Mm -hmm. you were or or you were you felt less than.
1: Yep. And I'm
0: so glad that that's gone because this is a better you, man.
1: Oh, I think so, too. And (laughs) I, uh, you know, I find myself thriving in it. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, that moment might have like what really like concreted that I wanted to be more of a logistics person instead of Mm. a creative because I was given the seat at the table to come up with ideas but like on the leadership role wasn't taken as serious so then once I figured out that's what I wanted to do with my life I flipped that switch on myself and was like no one's going to give it to me I have to go after it um and that's that's essentially (laughs) what I did I just kept working as hard as I can and trying new roles and Um, learning, growing, working with a variety of clients from big to small, everything in between to get as much experience as I could. And, and at the end of the day, it's all about the people that I work with, Mm. whether that be the pop fizz team or our freelance community, just the production community in general is what gives me life. Like at pop fizz, we have a special culture to where we're all full time you know we don't we don't have to worry about where our next check's coming from. we know it's going to be there, and we get to be creative and and collaborative every single day, whereas the freelance community, I feel like I have a responsibility to
0: keep them busy keep
1: them busy, yeah, and winning work that will not just sustain pop fizz but sustain. The entire Knoxville market.
0: Yeah. Our, our freelance community is very important to us. Mm-hmm. And we do, I feel like we can pretend like we don't, but we do have somewhat as a company, somewhat a, of a responsibility to make sure that they're there next month or next Absolutely. year, you know, because they are as, they are as important to us as we are to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it's always seen as, at least coming from a freelance background, freelancing, I was always so grateful to have clients that I, that I could that, that I could count on to help me pay my mortgage or whatever it was. But I don't think until I started, you know, getting a little bit closer with your end of of the world, how much I realize that is a two way street Mm -hmm. and that, that pool, that marketplace is just as important to us as we are to them. It is. We're not doing them a favor. We're, 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 we're doing each other a favor.
1: Yeah. I call them honorary pop fizzers. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's like, they are all as much family to me as you all are. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's just certain things that I, you know, going back to finding a who I am and who I want to be as a leader, like that I take time to do out of my day that I know not everybody does. Um. After set, I'll pick three people who have really, like, rock star killed it, and I'll text them each a personal note Mm -hmm. to let them know how much they're appreciated, how much I noticed them, and how much I appreciate them working as a a pop fizz adjacent and, like, echoing our culture and brand. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you're just, you know, you're getting a day rate. You're getting the same day rate on a lot of other sets, too. So, like, what sets, how... I would run a set apart from anybody else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I want to be everybody's favorite company to work with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So, being a, a leader in your role, like like, or, or at your age, mm-hmm. at you said twenty seven, yes. right? Yeah. And being, you know, a, is it hard to get a fifty year old man to listen to a twenty seven year old female when you're sitting at a conference room table?
1: <laughs> uh, it depends the background of that man. Okay. Um and I say that because I do believe that there's a shift happening to where um you know breaking the ceiling, it's called shattering the glass. The glass ceiling. You know, yeah. that that women have it historically had a lesser role, lower yep. wage mm-hmm. um to males. Mm-hmm. And I see that being broken still. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's um I'm I'm not gonna say it's as as prevalent as it used to be. Um, but I still see it, unfortunately. A little sexism in the Yeah. Yeah. Like I have to choose um who I go into meetings with based off of like kind of how old school that individual is.
0: Right. Yeah, like, are, are, is this person even gonna take me seriously?
1: Yeah, can I go alone or do I need to take you with me? Yeah. You know?
0: For some credibility. For some
1: credibility. If they
0: only knew that you're the one, that <laughs> <laughs> you're the one with their shit together here. <laughs> but all, okay, so also when it comes to like, let's say you're leading a team at, you know, at, uh, of internal people that you work with all the time at Pop Fizz. So, you know, some of us are pushing mid-30s, mm-hmm. upper 40s, you know. I know that we're so close now as a team to where it's it's it's, it's not as weird as it used to be. But do you still do, – do you ever feel like a little insecure in any kind of moments? Or do you ever have that imposter syndrome
1: <laughs> kind of
0: vibe? Or is that all gone now?
1: Um, It, it was prevalent prior to COVID. Mm. But – for some reason, I think everyone did such a harsh mental shift, whether they really wanted to acknowledge it or not at the time, that now I don't have that anymore. Um, and that's a a feel-good feel place to be. Hell yeah. You know? And it, instead of constantly doubting yourself or, like, is this person really even going to listen to me if I say something, um, where I feel like I have created my own reputation now in such a way that it, it doesn't matter that I'm younger and that I'm leading the company. Um, I think I'm second youngest in the company actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right.
1: Um, that it, that, you know, that is out the window because I have proved myself through my work.
0: That's great. And that's, I mean, that's confidence, right? And mm-hmm. that's like, you, you know that no one could come to you, say to your face, you ma'am don't know what you're doing <laughs> and have any, any leg to stand on yeah. if they said that because you've, you know, you've, you've proven it. And to your point also about it being gradual, it has been, you know, somewhat gradual to get to this point. Uh feels like you've really settled into being, you know, a, a leader, but I can't imagine like you've never stayed still. So this grows Mm -hmm. at some point. What's that look like? How Um, do you grow from here? Kristen, you've achieved more as a 27 year old (laughs) than, you know, most people will in their whole lives.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one for me. I, um, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't looked that far ahead.
0: Uh, And that was my next question is when you it seems like you had kind of these baby steps kind of figured out in your head as you were growing up through your career Mm -hmm. back from just, you know, doing something in the music industry in high school. And then, well, you know, let's 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 try something in in ads. No, I don't really like advertising as much as I thought I would, at least this part of it. So let's just you know, so it seems like you've kind of looked a, a little bit ahead. But but for now, it's just like. Let's go. Let's get this part figured out. Yeah. So you're pretty content and happy with where you're at. I am. Do you feel like you uh, still have um, some achieving to do with where you're at before you're ready to move move on?
1: Yes. And I think that my goal isn't to – like I'm at a pretty high spot, you know, leading and, and shepherding the company into, into – who it, who it wants to be in conjunction with, you know, talking to Brian and the partners and making that vision a reality in our day-to-day workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that part of it. I think that I now need to grow personally mm. in, like, diversity of work. Um, and I think that comes daily, is why I am content with where I am because we have – So many clients and even new clients that come in where we're doing everything from digital, you know, ads to television shows. Mm -hmm. And I get such a variety that I grow every single day that I step into the office. Um, The one thing I've always been bad at that I know that I can constantly improve on. Till I die is grammar, <laughs> 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 which is a hard thing for the role I'm in because man, I'll read back emails and be like, "Oh no, that is not how I," sh- you know.
0: It, it will it will make your credibility take a bit of a hit. Yeah, you know what I mean. It
1: will when yeah. you don't know how to use there, 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 yeah.
0: or you know, <laughs> dropping a hard ain't. Yeah. Um. So, what about like? Do you think that a next you know a next step for you could be figuring out how to step back and be a mom yeah while and and everything yeah stay together
1: <laughs> not completely lose it because
0: there's a lot to that mhm you know it, it it seems like
1: yeah well um so what kind of came with being promoted into the role I am now was <laughs> We want you to do less (laughs) (laughs) is what is constantly said to me because a lot of times I find myself taking on the extra work because I don't want to burden somebody else with it. Mm. You know, like I see my team already full and instead of spreading that fullness, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Um, And... Right now, my reality is where that's that's fine. I can just work an extra day in the weekend or later at night. But I know having kids is going to change all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so navigating being a mother and keeping my relationship with my husband tip-top shape yeah. and also uh, staying a leader that is there when you need them and isn't completely checked out. hmm is gonna be a balancing act for Mm -hmm. sure and um my planning self that's hard for me i bet Uh, i bet it's hard to reconcile all that it is and see how it plays out i don't know how it's gonna happen i don't i have no gauge on what being a parent is like and so planning for that is insanely difficult
0: yeah something that um my dad told me um My dad was the administrator of like nursing homes, assisted living facilities, ran, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, 200 person operations. And he was the administrator, the guy in charge. And he said that that uh, one time a patient came up to him and was like, you know, I'm not quite sure what you do here because I never see you doing anything. (laughs) And he was like, that's great because my job as a manager and as a leader is not to do everybody's job, but to make sure that everybody else is doing their job.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what I need to do. I need to get better at being a leader. And sometimes that means delegating. Yeah. Whereas in the past, leader for me has meant making sure everyone around me is busy, but not overly capped on what they're doing, um, where... Maybe that might mean making some decisions, hiring different people, like doing that, because I still want to I still want to keep that. Like, I don't want to overburden others. Right. Because of my, you know, because of what comes in. And I say yes to on the docket. I
0: I also heard this one time. Um, I heard someone described as being a burden bearer rather than a burden sharer. And uh, it seems like that's where that's where you've been. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's exactly where I've been. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: um, I know that I am, I mean, you know, honored is, is a word for sure, but I'm, I'm just so glad that we finally got to do this because you and I have a lot of conversations in passing and very few of them are, Hey, how you doing? (laughs) You know? Yeah. So this is, for me, this has been really special to sit down with you and, 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 I know it's been a long time coming, but I think it came at the right time.
1: I think so too. And thanks for, thanks for having me. I uh, always love listening to the other episodes and like where you find things out about people you don't know. And um, also like you've made me think about certain events in my life and they mold me in a certain way that I don't always reflect on by myself. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to, it's nice to take a to take a deep breath and 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 look at you for a second. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um it, is there anything else that we wanted to talk about that we that we missed? Mm. You can think of.
1: No, just that uh you know how you're talking about we sit beside each other in the office.
0: Who? Me and you. Yeah.
1: Um that we call you pig pen because you track dirt behind my desk every single day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, you do call me pigpin. Um I, I have a hard time delineating work clothes from
1: yeah. f-
0: from work in the yard clothes, yes. right?
1: They're technically both work clothes, right. you know.
0: Yeah, I'm like I was just cleaning up the shop before, you know, or you know, working in the yard before yeah. I came in. No no big deal.
1: Oh, uh, funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Kristen, I love you and my life is a better thing because of you.
1: Thank you, mine is because of you as well i You've been one of my mentors um when you started at Pop fizz because you bring a different perspective too that a lot of other people don't, so I appreciate that.
0: Well, thank you, mm-hmm. and I hope that we uh I hope we get thirty or forty more years of this
1: right. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> take care. Thank you I know you couldn't see it during the episode, but there were, there were moments where, uh, where, where Kristen and I both just kind of almost just welled up a little bit, uh, because so much of our careers have happened together that we're kind of talking about these things for the first time that have never, that we've never addressed before. And so it, it was emotional, but it was great. And I hope you guys enjoyed it because I know Kristen and I did, and I'm so glad that she did it. Thank you guys for being here. Take care. South of Scruffy on Instagram. Go to the Patreon if you want to. Patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. Get involved there. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Y'all be good. See you next week. Matt Honkinen, Pitchwire, Play a Man Out.